You're listening to Songs Out Loud from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm Aaron Doerr. This podcast is a song deconstruction documentary about songwriting. What is a song deconstruction documentary? It's where an artist picks a song of theirs, shares the files that make up that song, and talks about the various pieces. It's a detailed look at the writing and recording of a song and the creative process behind it. Using isolated instrument and vocal tracks called multi-track stems supplied by the recording studio, along with personal reflections from the artists themselves, Songs Out Loud breaks it down, instrument by instrument, lyric by lyric, and beat by beat. What up, yo? This is John Harrington. You the main course, never been inside this. What up, it's your girl Cora with a K. Yo, yo, this so-and-so. Make the block hot every time that we touch the spot. Hey, what up, everybody? It's that guy Joe, a.k.a. Cholo Joe. What up, everybody? It's your boy, Self Profit, drummer from Midwest. Love this joint. We got something special for y'all. And we're going to break down the song, Love on Fire. The seven current members who make up the Midwest Avengers are equal parts Trouble Clef and Comic Book, Skate Park and Gospel Choir, Headbanger and Hip Hop. Their latest single, Love on Fire, started off in rehearsals as a funky little messing around ditty and became a full-blown rap rock centerpiece after it just sort of clicked for everyone. For this episode, Alex St. Sin at Lighthouse Studios gave me every last file he had from his sessions, just to punish me, I guess. Everything from the mic underneath the snare drum to the uncompressed vocal ad-libs. We're talking over 125 tracks total. I used about 70. More on that some other time. Here's Zoe Prophet, drummer, taking it from the top. So one day we were at practice, uh, just the musicians, and uh, Joe started playing this little riff. Then I'm hearing the beat. I'm like, oh, that's kind of funky. I'm like, I'm like, what is that? It was early in my time in the band, within the first few months. And so we were just starting to get to a point where we could just sort of jam like that. I, I think we were in a conversation, actually, about doing like a funky type song or whatever. And I just started playing that riff. I think we were having shots that day. I had a shot of Jameson, that's my drink. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to play a little backbeat to that. You know, so I, I started playing with him and uh, and I was like, huh. I was like, give me a few days to work on that. This is so-and-so and I'm an MC. I believe John, the other MC, was out of town for work. And so me and the rest of the guys was just hanging out, vibing, and we was having fun and kind of like on some uh, uh, black comedy movies, something like um, Coming to America when they uh, in the church or doing the uh, pageant for the ladies and they had Randy Watkins up there singing and they had the pastor like, yes. Turn around, ladies, for me, please. You know there's a God who sits on high and looks down God. low. Can I get a amen? So we were just messing around and he was 
Zoe, Zoe Prophet, the drummer, and he just started playing around with some words, and then he just started coming up with a hook. Started going home. I started playing on my keyboard, watching uh, Rick James. He was doing this duet with, uh, I forgot her name, but... We looked it up. Tina Marie, Fire and Desire. There you go, yes, thank you. So then my my spidey senses started tingling. I started playing with horn sounds and stuff that I had on on the keyboard, and so I started getting motivated by that. I was like, "Huh, that would be that would sound kind of dope if we did some type of ballad like that, a duet between a guy and a girl, kind of you know, because you don't hear those type of songs anymore with this generation. You know, I was like, I want to bring it back. Then when I went to the professional musicians, uh, my homeboy Shelby Carter on trumpet. Mike Powers on a saxophone. I kind of ran them the idea of what I was looking for. And then they took it from there. I, I try not to get too, too busy, you know. Uh, this song is not a metal type song, so you can't just go ham on, you know, 32 doubles and all that type stuff like that. I still wanted to kind of have a little bit of me because I do do a lot of those type of things with most of our songs that we have being in the metal rock category. Uh, but, you know, I want to kind of be like an extra voice to the vocal line uh, with uh, Courtney. So it's like it's like a duet almost between me and her, you know, because she's because uh, she's like taking this guy. So I want to kind of compliment the beat with her like you know just kind of an accent to go with her but when she added the whole I'm under nine to feel my pain Once I actually heard her perform that uh, in the studio, I was like, wow, okay. Like, I wanted to accent that with her. So that kind of changed up last minute. Uh, with the accent, with the, with the China crash and the, and the double bass and the, and the snare on the flam, hitting all together, like, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's one of my, it's one of my favorite parts of this whole song. The hardest part was just to make sure that I can land the switch over when we're going back into the hook because it has just a slight drag where it's like uh, to go back to that hook. So just make sure after doing all that crazy shit I was doing to be able to get back to go back into the course. This is John Harrington, writer, MC. Originally, um, I was the singer on this song. The whole quote, the whole chorus, like, you know, when your love is on fire, I was supposed to sing that. I was trying to take it and, and stretch it out. Just you and me. Yeah. And all that. But then he got Courtney with a K and Black Spade to sing it. So like I said, I didn't have to do any of the heavy lifting. So when your love is on fire, 
It's your girl Cora with a K. They wrote that entire song. I love the writers of the band. I'm just grateful that I'm with some some amazing writers. And they asked me to be on that song with another amazing vocalist, uh, Black Spade. Black Spade had already laid his hook. When your love is on fire. So he's the the melody. What's your desire? So all I did was come in and layer the alto and the soprano and uh Zoe arranged the vocals. What's your desire? And then you go higher and then you go lower and <laughs> Black Spade's voice is kind of from low to mid. When your love is on fire. Voice is kind of mid to high. What's your desire? You know, like a like it's like sediment layers, you know, like like the the mud the mud under the water, the water and then the air. They took it to a whole nother level. This is John Harrington. I can't really sing, but when I'm in character, I can make that character do whatever I need to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if I'm be like, well, it was like that. That example is like a uh, taking you high, so high up in the sky, so I can get deeper and deeper. Because to me, that's the demon voice. You know, taking you high. So high up in the sky. So for me, I'm getting low because I'm a demon. I'm getting that demon voice. Then I got my regular straight ahead voice where, you know, I'm like, uh, uh, since she woke up, woke up from where she was lying still saying, I gotta do something about where we're going. You know, that's you two. And that's just uh, what I call J pleasure, you know what I mean? Like, t- like they're like it's T pain. So this guy is J pleasure. And then I got like my high voice, which I call the bees, though the bees knees, because it's like a higher octave. And I say something like, "Where's my baby at? Bring my baby back. I need my baby back." You know what I'm saying? So that's like the the baby bees type of. So I can't sing like I'm not trained. I don't I never sang in a choir. I never sang on the microphone. I just make up characters and do that character's part. So it takes the pressure off me having to learn how or to be an official singer. And the only reason I started doing that is because, you know, we had singers who wouldn't show up at shows or didn't show up to the studio. So we was paying for the time, so we had to fill in. So I just started making these characters that sing on different levels. I got my start in chamber choir, gospel choir, um, which are two totally different things. Like gospel choir, you hear by ear, and that's what I was raised up in. Uh, My piano teacher put me in my Catholic schools first, the gospel choir. (laughs) She would put me in different um, 
in different choirs to sing different parts. So I would always be able to sing all the parts. So I always felt like I had a range from low to big because I have a slightly deeper voice. And um, I can always sing tenor, I can sing alto, and I can sing soprano. This is so-and-so. And And, uh, that was pretty much that until they formulated the rest of the, you know, the the song. So we were able to know how long we wanted the verses to be, when the bridge was going to start. And then after we got that, when John got back to St. Louis, we were able to start writing to the song. And that's what usually happened. The band goes in and records like some scratch song. Yeah, they were scratch tracks. Scratch tracks are the initial recordings made in the studio that function as an outline for everyone to follow when recording their actual parts. The Midwest Avengers transitioned bassists actually during the recording of this album, and the band had Alex, the studio engineer, replace the original bass parts with his own playing. So this is the original guitar and bass scratch track. I haven't heard those in a while. <laughs> so I want us to have power as a trio. I want it to hit hard. And then I always have that hip hop mentality too, where I'm like that let the bass drop type thing. So how can we sort of recreate that with live instrumentation? The guitar, see, that's what I was saying. So the hard, heavy part of the guitar, I'm pretty positive that was my, my Schechter Hellraiser. I got a Hellraiser Deluxe. The wah-wah part, that's definitely my strat. Yeah, I played all the the like the first track, all the funk stuff. I definitely did that all on my strat. And then we get it and write to it, and they go back and perfect and add stuff to it later, like horns, uh, layer it up, add a different, add another guitar uh, line. Uh, the drummer adds some fills in there and stuff like that. Like this song went from just being a regular, yo, that's a funky song, let's do a funk song, to a whole production. You know what I'm saying? Like if if you listen to it without the horns, listen to it without the rhythm guitar, listen to it without the vocals and all that extra stuff layered on it. It's just a regular uh, funk song. It's like you know what I'm saying. It's not. It's not like and all that. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm the very first verse. I start the song off. First of all, yo, you looking hella fine. Please believe in these. I don't know if you remember those videos, those R&B videos from the '90s, where or some of the rap videos too, where the rap, where the video girl would be walking down the street, and the rapper, the singer, would be walking with them and like pointing at them and blowing kisses, and you know, you know, what I'm saying like I don't really want to call it, but almost a cat call even, or me trying to spit game and and, and what we call back in the day holla hollering at a woman so that's literally what what this verse is oh no no i'm definitely married we didn't have i didn't have my son yet so uh i was uh i just got married i was barely married but this is kind of a collection amalgam of like 
all the women I ever liked or all the 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 situations of me spitting or trying to holler at a woman saying all the things I think a woman would like to hear first of all yo you looking hella fine please believe uh you like money because you always on my mind you like money because you always on my mind kind of like double entendre type of situation got an urgency food so i'm diving in you the main course never been a side dish eat you for dessert have you tingling like a spotty sense mostly my stuff is i'm trying to be as simple as i can rhyme you with words you know and show you a picture you know got an urgency food so i'm diving in you know what I mean? So, I mean, what am I doing right there if you think about it? You know, uh, eat you for dessert. You know what I mean? How you tingling like a spice. I mean, you know what that means. So that's that's uh, kind of what I'm on, the type of stuff that I try to do. Like, you know, five-star chick is your rating when I'm yelping. Five-star chick, your rating when I'm yelping. You the truth, girl, ain't no question. Yeah, I mean, I could I could, I could have said it really vulgar. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, I mean, that's the artistic part of it. The, the, you know what I'm saying? That's the, 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 the part where you show them your skills. That's your three-point shot or your 360 slam or whatever you want to call it. That's your touchdown. Like the, the, the end of that one is where I add all them extra parts. Three wishes, girl, what's your desire? Ooh, yeah. Because you know I can't deny you like, Dylan, get your hot like fire, Jesus. Zaya, ooh yeah, Denier. like Dylan, like fire, Jesus. And that, then originally it was at the end of that it was Jesus. How you singing like a choir? You know what I'm saying? But I took that out on the song because I, it was too jumbled. There's a bridge that so-and-so really liked. My love is like a light that shines bright. Love is like a light that shines bright. Fun fact, I actually messed up on the recording. But when it was recorded, Court with a K said, yeah, she said. A love. A love that shines bright. And when I heard it, I was just like, no! right and so i was like damn like there's no way we could change it i completely flopped it right so it's because i was still reading the words while i was recording it which i try not to do (laughs) but i was was you know so um to a writer that had a vision it is very important and it means a difference. And I know how it is, you know, when you're recording, you're kind of in the zone and then you got all these words and you're just kind of, you're in a moment, you're in a moment, but it just kind of was overlooked because none of the guys there really knew the words because I had written them and I wasn't there. And it was probably, I mean, it sounded like a great take, you know, now I'm sure that's the reason why we kept it. Yeah, I use a pen and paper, man. My pad and my pen are my best friends, you feel me? Like, I just sit there, start off with a blank sheet, and by the end of it, I got a full verse done. Sometimes, as I have, I might have to come back to it to finish it, but in our sessions, we basically sit there and write until the song is done. Like, the way I write my verse, 
I stick to kind of, I write to the music, like the drum pattern or maybe the hi-hats or something. And I try to make sure that when I write these words that my syllables fall in a certain place that I can take a breath when necessary. So in the middle of the verse, there's like a reset when I'm like, after I describe what my passions are, what I really love, which is hip hop and the culture, you know. Yo, I got a passion for hip hop and living life. DJing plus graffiti and rocking mics. Our experiences walking, you know, dealing with uh, uh, meeting women and what our passions are. That's what my verse is about. Don't get it twisted, I always have been the man More flyer than Peter Pan and killing shows with my band I'm more Liam Phelps than maybe the ladies man More likely to hold her head instead of holding her hand I'm killing shows with my band I'm more Liam Phelps, which is the name of the character 10 metal, uh, Metals play And the ladies man uh, Welcome to the ladies man um, So when I look at something like that, it's like, you know, doing this rap stuff is, you know, relationship wise. He's got all these women and, you know, he's a player, blah, 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 blah. But really, he's just Leon Phelps. He's just a regular dude. So don't get it twisted. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm a dude. I enjoy what I enjoy. But whatever labels you put on me, just know that I am just a man. And then there's a part where I say, um, uh, yeah, she tried to hit me with she that pity pat. She tried to hit pat. me with that pity pat. Talking that shit behind my back, tripping on petty crap. Not well, a pity pat is something that one of my homeboys, uh, uh, TK, uh, used to be uh, our lead guitarist. His wife, whatever, you know, whenever we hug, she would tap me on my back. We do this little thing that she called the pity pat, where, you know, you hug somebody and you kind of pat them on their back with both hands. And so, <laughs> so every time we heard, well, oh, here's a pity pat, blah, blah, blah. So when I was thinking about the rhyme, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, pity pat, shit behind my back. You know, like I was just thinking of words and wordplay and rhymes. So it may not necessarily rhyme, you know what I mean? But that's where that pity pat came from. Here is something you can't understand. All I did was follow a girl on Instagram. Damn. The rap core band Rage Against the Machine was my reference point for that line. Oh yeah, yeah, but that's actually he got that from Be Real from Cypress Hill. So basically, you know, like uh, Cypress Hill said, oh, I could just kill a man. But it's really like in this instance, all I did was follow a girl on Instagram. Damn, why are you so mad at me? I just clicked the button. It was just a tap of a screen. It was a like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, why are you tripping on me? Yeah, man. Um, well, I'm a musician through and through. I, I I didn't even realize how much I loved music when I was a child and I was always humming melodies like pop music and stuff that I didn't even really like. I was picking out melody and I was hearing harmonies and hearing the bass line, you know, and not fully realizing how I was breaking down music in my head. And um, and I remember it was when uh, What It's Like from Everlast came out and I was 11, 12 years old.
and I was just like, I liked the sound of that. Was that a D minor? <laughs> I uh, um, so it was kind of crazy. I was sitting there finding a couple of the notes on the piano because I didn't really play, but we had one. And then I just started messing with that guitar and sort of started to figure it out on my own. And then I didn't want to stop playing guitar. Yeah, this is so and so. When I was younger, my mom made me like do things like sing in the St. Louis choir or have to sing in school. And then like, you know, I had puberty and my voice started changing and I was like, I don't want to sing anyway. I also used to, I'm a thespian. So when I would be in, you know, drama class or preparing to do some kind of monologue or something, we would go through a process of uh, saying something to loosen our, our uh, mouths up, you know, be able to say like, pronunciate and uh, you know all kinds of things so i would do some like verbal uh warm-up like bobby bibbit bought a bat bobby bibbit bought a ball with the bat bob bang the ball bang the ball against the wall so i would say this over and over fast slow and i'll you know just different ways to just make sure that i'm able to you know i guess exercise a uh, 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 stretch um, my mouth and make sure that I say each and every word, you know, so it comes across correctly. Because a lot of times I realize that when people sing or rap, when they sing with you or something like that, it'll sound like with you. So it'll sound like a chew instead of a you. And I've always that has always stuck in my head. So when I go into the you know studio, I just try to make sure I loosen you know what i'm saying my face up and get kind of ready to say all of these words um to make sure that i use every roll of the tongue every uh o sound and make sure i mouth the words the vowels and you know things like that this is john harrington writer mc i kind of get in the mood so like you know um people don't like to go to the studio with me because i like to get i like get naked in the booth you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I just take off all my clothes and it's just, you know, me and my phone or me and my uh, pad or me and, uh, you know, it's just usually me in there. People don't like to go in the studio when I'm in there. Yeah, well, I kind of started doing it. I, like a second album, I really started doing it just because, like, I needed to, I felt like, you know, turn the lights off, you know, open up, you know. It's kind of like putting a mask on, like when you feel uh like better or more confident or uh it helps you get in the character when you put a mask on it's kind of the same way when you go in there and you know they make fun of me all the time because originally i just started like taking off my shoes and my socks and then taking off my shirt and then i was like well shoot let me take my pants off and my shorts off and you know everybody's like what's wrong with you i'm like nothing it's just how i get comfortable in the studio you know what I mean? Some people don't like that. So I think I, I look at it as like some people like to smoke weed before they go in the booth and, and get in the zone. Some people drink a little bit before they go in the booth and get in the zone. You know what I'm saying? Some people need to go smoke a cigarette or whatever, what have you, to get you in that zone. And that's what kind of helps me get in the zone. You know what I mean? It's, you know, once I'm in there and I'm good and I got my levels and, you know, I'm taking off my clothes and like really the like if i can get through the song like like easily 
then the less clothes I take off. It's kind of like strip poker. So if I can get the ver- the first verse right or get my verse right the first time, then most likely I won't take anything off. But the longer I'm in there, the more takes I got to take. I usually always end up naked by the end of it. Oh, this one wasn't really hard. I think I only got down to, uh, well, yeah, now I think I just got down to my uh, underwear and shorts. So I, I got my shirt and my shoes and socks off. But uh, yeah. Being in the booth is one of the most vulnerable moments in your life because you not only hear yourself, because you're used to hearing yourself in your own, um, with your own audio, but then you have more feedback of yourself. So you hear yourself hearing yourself. (laughs) So in the morning, before you record a song, you want your voice to sound as clear as possible. So there's no talking to anybody. There's no talking for almost any reason. And it's so hard to do for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, um, you don't, why would, you don't want to strain the muscle that you're going to be putting through the Olympics later. So I like warm, uh, lemons. So I squeeze two lemons, um, and like, and I put honey in there and it's more of a concentrated shot, um, that I like to take. And then I drink water throughout the day. Um, the shot is to get that lemon directly into me directly into my into my vocals so that it can reduce that inflammation actually sleeping sleep helps your muscles <laughs> it helps your brain it helps your retention if you do not sleep your muscles do not regenerate so i try to sleep <laughs> i wish that was the real story <laughs> Holy fuck. No, I was just not. No, it was. I, my life is not like that. So on a great, on a, that's, I'm glad that we had this conversation because that's how I want my life to look. (laughs) And now let's hear the complete finished song. First of all, yo, you looking hella fine. See if I was blind. I candy extra fancy you a dime. You like money? Cause you always on my mind. So where we going? Trying to take you like vitamins. Got an earthy seafood, so I'm diving in. You the main course, never been a side dish. Eat you for dessert, have you tingling like a spotty sense. Super extra thick, I need another helping. Five star chicken rating when I'm yelping. You the truth, girl, ain't no question. Natural selection, so step in my direction. Three wishes, tell me what you desire. for hip-hop and living life, DJing, 
plus graffiti and rocking mics. Straight breaking like B-Boys up on the dance floor. We get it popping, it's part of culture we stand for. I met a woman who seemed to share the same interest. She's hella cool and super fly, I must admit now. Don't get it twisted, I always have been the man. More flyer than Peter Pan and killing shows with my band. I'm more Liam Phelps than maybe the ladies' man. More likely to hold her head instead of holding her hand. But this girl was different, I loved her, she was amazing. Until the day she hit me with that ultimatum. Yeah, she tried to hit me with that pity pad. Talking that shit behind my back, tripping on petty crap. Now here is something you can't understand. All I did was follow a girl on Instagram. Damn. We make the block hot every time that we touch the spot. I mean, come on, that's how you do season two, episode one, right? We've officially kicked off, and it was pretty cool. Thanks again to Alex St. Sin at Lighthouse Studios for all the tracks, and to everyone I spoke with from the Midwest Avengers, you guys rock. Their album release show was canceled this summer, so they think of their festival appearance at Music at the Intersection as a take-two. They'd love your support as a concert-goer or a merchandise consumer, and the album Vengadores del Medio Este. It's Midwest Avengers in Spanish. Vengadores del Medio Este. Is streaming, or better yet, available for purchase. Songs Out Loud is produced, engineered, and mixed by me, Aaron Dorr. But I got the idea to do this from my favorite music podcast, Song Exploder, over at Radiotopia through PRX hosted by Rishikesh Hirway, and you should definitely be subscribed there too. We'll break down a River Kittens tune next time. Join me here then. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's not really a goal. It would be fun. Like, we do the stuff, like, you know, we do the dozens, the snaps, we jump, you know, we roast and all that. So it's pretty much just roasting somebody, um 
why you rapping. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to get better at freestyle roasting people, should I say. I wouldn't say battling because battle you get, you figure out who you're going against and you get on a Facebook and try to find out dirt about them and pay their friends to get dirt on them and stuff like that. They used to pee in the bed or whatever. I mean more of a freestyle. If I see what you wearing or, you know, you got a big head and you look like, you know, you know what I mean? Like something like that. You know, one of your eyes is, you know, kind of off or your ears are real big or your nose is curved. Just something that I can get at you automatically. That's what I'm trying to work on is kind of like, you know, rap roasting, like being able to roast you freestyle just because you got like a pinstripe shirt on with polka dot socks.